Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners. No matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. This is Dr. Dan. Because our lives are short, we tend to see history as linear, a progression of events that evolve from what we personally know from our own past projected out into the future. Historians and students of history, however, understand that history is cyclical. The linear progression we see ourselves is only a small section of a greater repetitive cycle that lasts for generations. The people of our nation have now been purposely divided along racial, financial, and political lines to a degree that can really never be healed. These divisions are, for the most part, real and have a basis in history and fact. They are part of the normal human condition. Any group of people have different abilities, aptitudes, skin colors, sizes, strengths. Our founders, recognizing this, gave us a system of government that created equal opportunity based on individual responsibility most certainly not a guarantee of equal outcomes. What has changed is the deliberate creation of hostility and animosity. You know, recently I read a book by William Strauss and Neil Howe that was titled The Fourth Turning. The authors postulate that the second history of cycle of our nation is coming in the year 2025. Now, each turning is made up of four cycles. So there are four cycles in each turning, okay? And each cycle is marked by increasing turmoil, which ends with a revolution, and I put that in air quotes. The first of which was the American Revolution. The second was the war between the states. And the third was the Great Depression and World War II. As we approach the year 2025, we realize that it will be today's young men and women, those now in college and of college age, 
who are predicted by Strauss and Howe to be the participants in our nation's next revolution. Now, members of today's patriot movement often lament the fact that meetings, activities, and demonstrations are rarely attended by anyone younger than retirement age. Are there any young people who believe in individual freedom and personal responsibility? That's the question. And I am hoping that my guest on Freedom Forum Radio today is one of those young conservative believers in the constitutional principles on which this country was founded. So my guest is Hayden Duncan. Hayden, it's a pleasure to have you on Freedom Forum Radio and Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, thank you so very much. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell, tell our listeners, who are you, Hayden Duncan? What are you? Who are you? Where are you from? And that kind of stuff. Well, I grew up over in Murphy, North Carolina. And uh, I attend Campbell University, which is below Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm out there, and I'm the chairman of our college Republican group out there. Um, but, but moreover, this college Republican group serves more than just Republicans and traditional Republicans in that sense. We serve uh, young libertarians and just young freedom lovers in general. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be with these folks and, and to be with like-minded people that, that are optimistic about our future and optimistic about growing freedom here in America. You know, that's a very great statement that you've made, and I like the thrust of what you're saying. So, so tell me, how do you sell freedom? So how do you sell freedom? Uh, you know, that's, that's a good thought. Uh, you know, to, to younger people, I think that's essential, uh, is, is that somewhere between all the hectic, mundane stuff that we have to go through, whether it be schoolwork, work, whatever. Uh, you know, there's a fundamental longing, I think, not only in, in young people, but in Americans for, for the ability to pursue what they want to pursue. And, and I think from a young age, we've been taught that we have to do this and go to such and such school and, and partic- participate in these particular activities and, and live a life that has already been drawn out and reimagined for us. And, and so I think that, that by the time these young people get to the age that, that they are making career decisions and, and life-changing decisions, I think that's, that's one thing that they long for, is the ability to have some input in their life that was, in a lot of ways, already kind of drawn out for them. Well, who who put this all on you? You're acting as if this great burden has been laid upon your shoulders. Where does that come from? I, I think it's a it's just a pressure from from maybe overzealous parenting and, and and not even necessarily that, but just this societal norm that that young people are expected to participate now in, and you know, somewhere along the way, we've we've kind of lost the ability to do what we want in our, in our own lives. It's, it's in a lot of part been already reimagined and, and predicted what we're going to do and, and where our lives are going to go. And the decisions that we make have, have pretty much in a large part already been drawn for us by a society that expects com, um, conforming to, to a norm. Uh, maybe parents that have one particular image of what their child is or isn't going to be, um, you know, family, friends. I think 
there's a, a real stereotype and, and a pressure for young people to be a certain image or a certain way. And I think that at the, the basis of that is, is a basic want for young people to be able to, to have and, and to make the decisions that affect their lives. Well, you're in college. Yes, you're sir. in Campbell College. Were you forced to go there? I was not forced to go there. Uh, it, it, it just happened to work out that I, I went there. Um, I didn't necessarily mean to that specific college, but did you feel forced to go to college? And if so, why do you feel forced to go to college? And do you feel that college is necessary? Uh, you know, maybe not necessary. I think that, that there are a lot of, of hardworking and smart people out there that never had a day of college that are a lot smarter than these people with, you know, master's degrees, even even doctorates in certain subjects. Uh, you know, th- those are the practical working class people that built America. And, you know, you look back to, to the founders. Were, were any of them, you know, maybe necessarily the most formally educated people? No, not necessarily. They were preachers. They were farmers. They were typical working class people that came together with a basic fundamental want of freedom and a life better than they had for their children, and, and they created this great country. You know, listening to you talk, I, I'm struck by the question that I need to ask you is, what does freedom mean to you? When, when I say, how do you sell freedom, I had, I had something a little different in mind than what you answered. So my question to you is, when I say freedom, what do you mean? What do what do you think I mean, or what do you mean? What is freedom to you? Freedom to me, and I think in in part to my generation, is more so this pursuit of happiness. Obviously, you have to have life and liberty, but I think it's it's more than that. I think it's much more that pursuit of happiness. I think it's the ability to to harness one of your talents or, or many of your talents. And, and participate in that talent for the rest of your life. And I think that in a large part, that gets crushed out in, in today's societal pressured norm America. I think that, that a lot of these kids have to abandon the, the talents that they feel that they have and that they love and cherish and everything to participate in, in a life that necessarily they didn't choose. And I think that freedom and in large part to my generation, is just the ability to to live the way they want, not necessarily commit crimes or, or what have you, but the ability to pursue their own goals, their own wants, their own needs, at the pace that they feel is appropriate for them. Well, I understand that. And, and you're talking, and I understand very well what you're talking about, because you're talking about people who may have... Uh, an artistic desire, a, a desire in music, or who knows what, but you have in you a desire to do something because you feel it it connects with your inner soul, mm-hmm. and you feel that that's here's what I'd like to do for my life. But one of the problems is is that you come up against the hard reality is you have to eat, you have to have a place to live, and you have to be able to be mobile from one place to another. So how do you th- how do people of your generation view the that kind of uh, of necessity meeting desire 
uh, you know, my, my generation gets a bad rap with the stereotypes and, and whatnot. Um, but they are really a hardworking bunch of people. And, you know, we've, we've done internships. We've done all these different things to prepare us for the career that we want. And um, so, you know, it's not necessarily um, a bad thing to work hard. That's, that's not what I'm getting at at all. I think that, that you do need to provide for yourself and you need to support yourself throughout this pursuit of your talents or whatever um, and, and the way you want your life to go. But I think that in a large part we've been expected to be something that's already been chosen for us. And so I'm not saying that we shouldn't have to provide for ourselves and, and stuff like that, but I am saying that, that in a large part young people feel forced into participating in a, a lifestyle that necessarily they didn't choose, uh, that, that maybe is a, a social norm that they, they have to conform to. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Hayden Duncan right after the break. Again, uh, and I don't mean to belabor the point, and this is a very, I'm really very fascinated by what you're saying, uh, you know, but nevertheless, okay, there is a reality. Mm-hmm. And that reality is that it costs money to eat, it costs money to live, and if you want to have a vehicle, that costs money and you have to put fuel in it in order to get from point A to point B. You can, of course, ride a bike. I mean, there are ways you can, you can do all these things, but you, you know. So the point I'm saying, making to you is it's great to want freedom and to want to be able to make your own decisions. But the other side of that is personal responsibility. In other words, you want to be a, you know, an artist, okay, and you want to paint paintings, and you're going to stand on the street corner and try to sell them. And if no one buys your paintings, are you going to starve to death? Definitely not. And uh, you know, that's I don't I don't want to come off as that at all. Um, you know, I know I know so many kids that uh, go and do these internships in D.C. and work night jobs and and weekend jobs to be there, um, and and that's just because they're passionate about what what they're doing. And and that's what I'm saying is they should, you know, there's we should never buck personal responsibility to provide our, for ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. But it, I think that young people just long for for a system that they can be heard in. And, and moreover, when it comes to politically speaking, I think that there's just this fundamental want and passion for, for freedom uh, – you know, not only in their lives, but for, for their friends, for their families, um, from young people. And I think that's, that's essential here. And not, not to say that they can just put off providing for themselves. That's not at all what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, necessarily they, they want a voice in, in the way their life goes, the way the decisions that their country is affected by goes. And I think in a large part they haven't been heard and there's a real frustration in that. Well, you you know, this is now you're getting down into what I 
would would like to get into, and that's the meat of the political reality for young people. Okay, um, I'm sure you've heard the saying that if you're under thirty and you're not a liberal, you have no heart. Mm-hmm. If you're over thirty and you're still a liberal, you have no brain. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard that. Definitely, and. You are speaking about a lot of people in your age group who vote liberal, who spout liberal ideology, um, but I don't think they really have the knowledge of, of real, the reality of what they are supporting. Would you say that's a fair statement? I would say that's completely fair. I think that they've been completely deceived uh, to think that that these liberal ideas to be to be liberal is to be cool. It's to be modern, to be accepted, really. And um, I think that a lot of young people are seeing the errors in that. I think that they were deceived by flashy ideas and and necessarily handouts and and these things that that modern liberals have promised them. Let's just take Obamacare for example. I think that. A lot of young people were deceived by Obamacare. It was sold as this idea that, you know, young people deserve health care, and a lot of them don't have access to it because, it, you know, it's expensive to have health care and go to school and, and try and support yourself. And so young people, by the masses, flocked to this idea that they would have this free health care. Well, all of a sudden, when the rollout of this law happened, they found themselves having to pay huge premiums that, that they didn't have to pay before because of these mandates. They found a system that was broken, and probably they found it harder to get health care under this law than beforehand. And, and this is just one of the many examples of the deception uh, that these liberal policies have, have brought to my generation. And and that's a very good example of of exactly that, because here was a program that was sold using a bunch of lies, not only to young people, but to a variety of people in all age groups. Uh, the assumptions or the promises were lies, and it was based on assumptions that were, and facts that were non-existent, existent and, fun- and uh, assumptions that were just blatantly untrue. So... Uh, but you said something that interested me. Why? Why would people? Why would people of your generation want free health care? What does free health care mean? Well, you know, I think going back to this flashy ideas uh, thing that I said earlier, it's it's very tantalizing to to wave something in front of somebody and say, "You can have this for free. All you have to do is is stand behind me, support me." And that that idea is very it's very appealing to young people. These these people are, you know, they've they spent their entire lives in a, in a school or in college. They're they a lot of them can't find jobs. A lot of them are are stretching it just to pay basic monthly bills. And so the idea that that somebody would help them and would give them health care, this just went over fantastic this was tantalizing to my generation that that somewhere out there there were people that were willing to give this free health care 
for a vote or for support or to go out and talk to your friends about this ideology that they spouted off to you. I mean, this was incredible. And so it, it went over like, like cake. And um, so then when we got down to the nitty-gritty, when, when the law actually came into implementation, free didn't really mean free. Free meant you had to buy something that you didn't have to buy before. It meant having to buy something that you can't afford. It meant having to support a bad policy win, lose, or draw. And this policy not only affected you, it affected your parents, it affected your grandparents, it made it harder for you to get care. I mean, it just it devastated an already conglomerated health industry. And so all of a sudden, free didn't become necessary. Free. That concludes this week's episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Tune in next week for part two.